0: Welcome to Appalachian Shine, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And if you're listening to this, then consider yourself a part of the team. Stick around and let's shine a light on all things Appalachia. back to Appalachian Shine. This is JC. It's been a little while since we've done an episode, but I do want to start off by thanking uh, Addie Davis, our last guest here on Appalachian Shine. She's an Appalachian author. Some of you may remember that episode, and uh, we've got quite a few downloads, and uh, she's starting to see, she's seen quite a few book sales uh, over the past year online, so uh, if you get an opportunity, make sure you check out Addie Davis on uh, her website, and on um, Amazon.com, or wherever you buy your books. Today is October 15th, uh, it's Sunday, right smack dab in the middle of autumn, and well, at least for the leaves, uh, if you're interested in taking country drives and seeing all the change on the mountains. It was a beautiful day today. I actually took some time today to drive across southwestern Virginia into eastern Kentucky across Mountain Parkway. So crossing all those Appalachian counties, uh, all the way up to Lexington, Kentucky. So it was really great to see all the uh, the fall foliage, the change in the, uh, in the leaves. The temperatures have dropped a little bit, so I don't know how much longer some of the leaves are going to be clinging to these trees. But if you get an opportunity, make sure you take a drive over the next few days, take some pictures, enjoy it before all the leaves fall off the trees. We have Halloween right around the corner. Thanksgiving, and then we're right into the holidays uh, here at Christmas. So uh, enjoy this time of year. It's it's really uh, beautiful and breathtaking here in these Appalachian Mountains. So blessed to call this place home. So uh, on today's episode, I wanted to talk about, actually, if you're going out for a drive and you have a day or two, um, top five fall foliage destinations in Appalachia. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we get into that, uh, I did want to uh, uh, do a shout out to the Appalachian Authors Guild. We had a great week last week. Uh, I was there in person at the Appalachian Authors Guild meeting uh, last Tuesday, or this past Tuesday, in Abington. And we had a, a guest speaker uh, who showed up to talk a little bit about Uh, Different types of editing, content editing, editing, copy editing, things like that that writers need to know as they're writing their first draft or have a first draft finished of a book. These workshops are really, really great, and I've been lucky to go to several of them during the course of the year. And they have different guest speakers uh, at at each one talking about a different aspect of publishing, promoting, writing your book, writing outside of your genre, um, just all kinds of great tips. So if you're interested in becoming a writer have always wanted to write a book and you are either living in Appalachia or from Appalachia, even living outside, uh, make sure you visit AppalachianAuthorsGuild.com or AppalachianAuthors.com. The website escapes me right now. You can find them also on Facebook. Uh, The next meeting is going to be uh, the second Tuesday of uh, November. And that's going to be held at uh, the back room in Shoney's off Exit 14 in Abingdon, Virginia. So if you're interested in joining the guild or just want to go out and meet a few of the guild members and see what it's all about, pop in there about noon. I think the meeting goes from noon to one. They're doing a bit of a grab bag thing, you know, for the holidays. It'll be the last meeting of the year. Uh, so stop in, introduce yourself. Tell them JC's saying it. You'll learn a lot of great things with an author's guild. So there are several guilds around the region. Um, definitely check out Appalachian Authors Guild. But if you have a local authors guild, um, by all means, get to know your local fellow writers. You learn so much from each other. Um, we also last week on Thursday evening, since uh, some people are not able to make the daytime meetings, the Appalachian Authors Guild has started evening meetings the second Thursday of each month. So the same week as the as the uh, day meetings, but. A couple days later, in the evening, via Zoom. So, um, if you're interested in that, I think they put that information in their latest newsletter, and um, you can you can check on uh, maybe being a part of that if you can't be there in the daytime. So, we had another great speaker on that one. I was on that uh, that um, call as well. Uh, Carrie Kilgore, a local writer, and uh, her and her husband uh Spiral Publishing, I think it is. Um, out of St. Paul, Virginia, uh, came on to talk about, um uh, back cover, uh, blurb, blurb writing for your books, promotion. The, the discussion was really great. and really fluid. so many good questions that came back from people on the call and she provided a lot of great information that was shared with the rest of the guild who wasn't able to make that as well. So, um, uh, it's a good learning experience. Uh, I think the fee each year is like 20 bucks just to be a member. And they are going to be converting over to a 501c3 nonprofit. So, yeah, your your fees are deductible anyway. So, um, that being said, I uh, had a really great uh, great week with the Guild and looking forward to the next one. I'm going to be there at the one in uh, November as well at Shoney's. So, yeah, if you pop in there, just tell them J.C. it and uh, meet a few people and have a good time. So um, I wanted to kind of move on. I was doing a little bit of uh, research on best places to like drive here in central Appalachia. Or if you have a couple, three days and just want to drive around and take some uh, uh, photos if you have a long weekend. I stumbled upon one of the most amazing pages. Um, and uh, let me see if I can <laughs> find it again. Actually, one was called experiencerussellvirginia.com experiencerussellva.com forward slash Appalachian Backroads. There's actually an Appalachian Backroads website that you can find, and um, it really gives you a lot of different uh, routes to travel. What I found really interesting about this particular one, um, let me go back to the homepage of this. Uh, This is Experience Your Next Big Adventure, Russell County in the heart of Southwest Virginia. So if you wanted to, I guess, take um, a drive through one of these places, you can actually uh, click on the link from the um, Appalachian Backroads website. And if you wanted to go down what was called like the Back of the Dragon or, or whatever whatever route this may be called, it actually gives you the dire- driving directions where to uh, on how to get there how long the route is, um, there are things that are around it that you like places to eat and stop, places that you can stay. It was really fascinating that you know if I want to take this trip, I can see how long it is, how many miles, how long it takes to drive, where can I stop to eat along the way or get gas? If I need a hotel, what's the closest place? Uh, are there um, any kind of attractions close, close by like uh, uh museums or or something like that so it was really, really great. So make sure you check out that website. So I checked out this one called uh, Gargoyle. It's uh, Virginia Route 80. And it says here, driving through the back roads of Russell and Tazewell counties uh, and experience the authentic def- uh, definition of a small town in Honeaker and Richlands via Route 80 is a, des- is a designated Virginia Scenic Byway. So allow time to stop and take in all the beauty only found in the heart of Appalachia. Then you could click on Something called, you know, more, and it takes you to AppalachianBackroads.com. It takes you to the Gargoyle, um, which is the, the name of the route. It's just, I guess, a nickname. Uh, it says, don't miss classic small towns like Honeacre, Hayside, Richlands, and Cedar Bluff. Some have room on your memory card, so save some room on your memory card to capture the views atop Cedar Bluff Overlook, which I was there today as well. Beautiful, uh, very foggy when I went through because the the weather wasn't really cooperative, but beautiful nonetheless, uh, that provides a stunning perspective any time of year. That's very true uh, at the Cedar Bluff Overlook. Uh, Virginia Route 80 is a designated Virginia scenic byway, so allow time to stop and take in all the beauty found only in our neck of the woods. So it actually says here, gives you the map, and it says approximately 92 miles. You start at Claypool Hill. Take Route 19 to Rosedale. Take a ride on 80 through Hayside. On and on and on. And then it takes you back around, loops you back around to 460, Claypool Hill. And you can actually download the directions, the map. It gives you the dining uh, um, options that you have. on the, There's actually a lot of restaurants here. It actually shows you the lodging. Um, places like, you know, if you want a traditional place like Comfort Inn or or a Holiday Inn, um, but if you want something a little off the beaten path, you can um, Rojo's Southern Hospitality in Hayside, for example, or uh, Southern Gap Outdoor Adventure Cabins and a campground down in Grundy, um, Thunder River Campground in Hayside. Also gives you some other attractions that are local, like I mentioned. Um, for this particular drive, uh, you have the Brakes Interstate Park, which is close by. Uh, Sugar Hill Brewing Company, which is in St. Paul. The Pinnacle Natural Area Preserve, uh, which is in Honeacre. Uh, if you're driving through Lebanon, there's Vincent's Vineyard. You can always go to there. Uh, Grundy also has the Southern Gap Outdoor Adventure, uh, Poplar Gap Park, uh, Grundy Community Center, and then, of course, the Cedar Bluff Overlook and what we call the Cutton Hill, or the Cuts, uh, there between Richlands and Claypool Hill. So um, it's really interesting. So check out AppalachianBackroads.com. This was really fascinating. So there's all kinds of routes here in southwest Virginia, like borderline eastern Kentucky you can take uh, just for a day adventure. So pack a snack, take some drinks, and uh, have a great time um, before all the leaves fall. The other thing I wanted to bring up was this uh, five Appalachian destinations for next-level leaf peeping. Uh, So, I actually found this particular uh, list on gotmountainlife.com. So, uh, it says try one of these five foliage Appalachian uh, destinations. Uh, First one is the Blue Ridge Mountains. Now, I don't know how many of you have taken time to drive the Blue Ridge Parkway. Gorgeous. Um, Always take advantage of that early fall or like mid-spring when everything's starting to come to life. So beautiful. it's one of the most scenic drives in the U.S., for example, and it winds almost 500 miles uh, through the Appalachian Highlands. Uh, the parkway connects with Virginia's Shenandoah National Park, uh, down to North Carolina's Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And there are just tons of places to pull off the road with scenic overviews all the way. Uh, in the Asheville area, you can hop on the Appalachian Trail uh, through the Max Patch Um just for the panoramic view of just fall foliage everywhere. Hike around the top of the mountain. Um, it's kind of a leisurely little trip. It's about over a mile. So there, there's that to do. The Great Smoky Mountains, you know, that's that's probably a vacation spot for most of us, at least once every other year. Um, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, this time of year is gorgeous. Uh, but there's also, if you, you can go to their website, uh, there And there's all kinds of webcams available where you can get a real-time glimpse of what the leaves are looking like right now, for example. Or a hike up to Klingman's Dome, which would be breathtaking right now. Uh, another place, um, somewhere I've never been. If you're driving pretty far north, uh, driving up through toward New England to look at some fall foliage, uh, the Catskills uh, made this list Um and the Catskills is actually Catskill Mountains in New York. Uh, you could rent uh, a bike for the Catskill Scenic Trail, which is like twenty-six miles of uh, rail-to-trail meandering through charming rural villages and farms. In Kingston, uh, just over an hour's drive away, you can hop on the Catskill Mountain Railroad Fall Flyer Leaf Train. I always thought that would be a fascinating thing to do in the fall. Take a take a uh, a train trip, a train ride. So you can do that with the Catskill Mountain Railroad Fall Flyer Leaf Train. Also, don't forget to look up all the different uh, uh, rail trips in West Virginia. Don't don't miss out on the just the magnificent beauty right there in the heart of Appalachia, right? Because all of West Virginia is the only state that's one hundred percent all Appalachia. So uh, check it out. Um, the I'm gonna butcher this name up, <laughs> and I don't know, but it's but it's in Davis, West Virginia. It's uh, just outside of the Canaan Valley. It's the Monongahela National Forest. All right, so this is a uh, they have the uh, what's called um, the annual Leaf Peepers Festival. I don't know if that's already happened yet this year, uh, but you might want to look up Davis, West Virginia, and events going on there. Um, but you're up around Tucker County, and those mountains up there just explode with color. Um, I've I've driven through. Some of that area, but it's been many years since I've been up there. And this this is a trip I definitely need to make again. Um, But you have the Dolly Sods Wilderness up there. And these really high elevation plateaus. Just a a gorgeous feel. There's also a scenic chairlift ride up to the Canaan Valley Resort. And uh, there's horseback riding and trails all through there as well. Uh, If you want to take a little further trip south, uh, the Chattahoochee... Oconee National Forest. That's in North Georgia, actually. I've not been there, but I've heard of this. I've had some friends that have been there. So it's in the North Georgia mountains. Um, and uh, if you check out the Russell Brasstown National Scenic Byway, you'll find maps, for instance, really crooked drive, but it's 40-mile drive through uh, the southern Appalachian Hills with um, all kinds of places to pull off on the side of the road. Take in the scenery and take photos, just the changing colors. Um, just it's breathtaking there too. Uh, you can drive up to what's called um, Brasstown Bald, which is the highest point in Georgia. that's four thousand seven hundred and eighty four feet. and uh, they say that on a really bright, clear autumn day, you can see as far north as North Carolina. Uh, not to mention close by there's Anna Ruby Falls. It's another highlight down there, another uh, place where people love to hike and spend time and camp. Um, they have, uh, but if you've never been there, I've seen photos. I've never been there, but um, I've seen photos. There's two 150 foot twin waterfalls, and it makes their way down to the town of LJ, which I have friends that live there actually, um, and uh, you can go to LJ nearby and visit all these orchards and. Uh, they do a lot of the, the fresh pressed apple cider in the fall. So I've seen pictures, and my friends have bragged about going to that, that, that live there. And actually, property value around there is quite inexpensive. <laughs> Why that that place is not full, and I have no idea, but it's a beautiful place. So if you get an opportunity to touch base on those those five places, you get photos, make sure you share them with us. Drop me an email uh, jc at supportappalachia.org. I'd love to see the photos. We'll share them on our website as a matter of fact if you want to do that uh just give us uh, if you give us permission to do so just put your name and contact information and we'll certainly touch base with you and get that on there um now on the next appalachian shine i know it's been a little while since we've, we've done a show but uh, on the next appalachian shine as we go into the end of the year i want to talk about a couple of uh, projects that our foundation is going to be working on next year um And at this time of year, this is when a lot of nonprofits really try to last-ditch effort to raise some money for the end of the year. Uh, As a foundation, just to kind of give you a little more understanding as to what we do other than the projects that we do on our own, we are one of those organizations as a foundation that local nonprofits in your neck of the woods may contact us where they have maybe a lack of funding or need to do something uh, in your local community. So they'll contact a foundation like us to see if we have funds available to pay through, pass through to them, as long as it supports our overall mission. Like maybe, for example, uh, I'll not name the name, but we did get a a recent request um, from a a local uh, organization in a a small town that um, serves teenagers. And some of the programs they have there are like the Junior Appalachian Musician programs that they do through there. Uh, where they teach traditional arts and music, you know, Appalachian music, which is sort of a we need to grow that that history, that the love of Appalachian traditional music more. So those are some of the things that they do. It sort of fits in our wheelhouse, but you know, unless we have the money in our call to actually pay through, some of those little organizations in your town may not get all the funding that they need, uh, to um you know, fully participate in your community. So keep that in mind that that is also part of our mission. So, and and part of our service to not just where we're at here, but like organizations all around that may need this. So we get often requests from that. Uh, After COVID, really things dried up for a lot of organizations and we would love to be able to pay these funds through. Um, So if you want to make a donation to us, we can kind of, Maybe make make a donation to an organization in your hometown. Uh, let us know, you know. Feel free and touch base with us online at supportappalachia.org. There's a donate tab there. You can donate to us online. We are a 501c3, so you have that tax deduction. So it sort of takes care of itself, paying it forward, especially as we go into the holidays here. Uh, there are other organizations out there that desperately need money, that don't really do a lot of fundraising on their own, um, and we generally only ask for funds when we need it. Uh, so you know if you if you want to make a donation to us 10, 20, 30 bucks, it all adds up. Uh, whether it's a you know one-time donation or monthly or quarterly or annual. We would certainly appreciate your support. so visit us online or if you want to make a donation the old-fashioned way, uh, check, uh, to make make it payable to FAA or Foundation for Appalachian Advancement, if you can fit all that on the line. And uh, our PO box is PO box. That's PO box three nine seven. Sorry, I had to mute the phone there. I was coughing a little bit, um, or you mute the mic. So it's a uh, Foundation for Appalachian Advancement PO box three nine seven, Richlands, Virginia two four six four one. So uh, we certainly appreciate all of your support. Um, like I said, on the next episode, we're going to talk about a couple of projects in the new year we want to get into. And uh, hopefully, you'll be supportive of that as well. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Appalachian Shine, and we will be back soon. Thanks for stopping by. We'll see you on down the road.